Anthony, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for answering my Twitter DM and jumping on this call with me. Yeah, no problem. I've been, uh, ever since you've been, uh, it, we're, for those of you that don't know, we're in a secret group chat um, and uh, I've been it's trying to, secret, uh, <laughs> it's not really that much of a secret. That's all we tweet about. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I've been trying to uh, do all the, all the podcasts and all the shows that the group chat has uh, going on. Um, and uh, yeah, so this, this will be the, the first one I can check off the list. Um, so thank Yay. you for having I'm glad I'm the first one. So I guess my first question for you is, what the hell is your name, dude? I'm so confused. Anthony, is it Paul? What is the story behind that? Yeah, so uh, over the pandemic, my Twitter has grown, which is a very good thing. Uh, one downside of that is uh, definitely my, uh, I had a joke name on Twitter that was Paul G. Amadi. Um, and because I look like Paul Giamatti and everyone always says that. Um, also, uh, when you get celebrity lookalikes, everyone always thinks they're the first one to say it to you. Uh, <laughs> so they're like, you know who you look like? And I bet you never get this, Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, well, not only it's my Twitter name, it's all in my mentions, like I could show you. <laughs> but yeah, so I had that. And then, uh, yeah, so now then once I started uh, connecting with the comedy Twitter uh, and all that stuff, I decided I should probably change it to my real name um, so that we can put it in my, bio, put the joke in my bio. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so my name is Anthony uh, and uh, my name is not Paul. Uh, but uh, if I could be associated in any way with Paul Giamatti, that would be great. I would love to play his son in a movie or something. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, it's very nice to meet you, Anthony, be on Twitter. Yes. So let's get into let's talk about you and comedy. So what got inspired to do comedy? What mediums do you perform and how long have you been doing it? Um, all right, give or take the give or take the dark ages that we've been in. Um, I you know, probably it's like seven or eight years. Um, my first show was kind of I did it is a um, not really as a dare, but kind of I got a uh, somewhat pressured into it. Uh, I just realized this is diagonal. Hold on, let me, let me even that out there. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm at Andy Warhol on webcam. Uh, but yeah, so the, uh, I just, uh, my friends told me to do it for the talent show in high school. Um, and cause I was just always trying to make everyone laugh and everything. I was like the, in high school, I was kind of like the court jester of the popular kids. Like uh, I, I was, <laughs> I, I was a part of the popular kids group, but I was, it was made very clear that I'm just there for uh, what I'm there for, you know? Yeah. Uh, I might as well have been wearing the uniform, but yeah. So, <laughs> so I was popular kid adjacent. And then they just told me to do stand up, maybe because they thought I would suck at it and they just wanted to see it. Um, but I actually, I did okay. And then ever since then, that's just what I've been wanting to do. So um, I moved to San Francisco from Sacramento uh, and I've been doing it ever since, uh, ever since I was in college for SF State, at SF State. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, and then the other one, what mediums do you perform in? Mm -hmm. So if you do other than stand up, like improv or sketch. Oh, I have, uh, I've been known to do improv. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a very dark time in my life, but I've been, <laughs> I've been known to do improv. Yeah, I did improv. Uh, there was an improv club at SF State that I got involved in. We did short form, long form. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, when you really have a, uh, a core group that you become comfortable with and 100%. you kind of know each other's strengths, there's really nothing like it. 
mm-hmm. um, in terms of you being able to almost read each other's minds and being able to, oh, I know exactly where she's going with this. I know exactly where he's going with this. And uh, we actually got to create some, see, that's the thing about improv. It really is so hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can uh, kind of remove the the randomness of the hit and miss through chemistry, then uh, you can create some really cool scenes. And um, we did uh, we did a long form show that was uh, uh, two board games we would get from the audience, and then we would combine them. Wow. Um, so we we would do like uh, this scene is c- uh, going to be a combination of uh, Monopoly and Clue. Um, so it was like uh, all the clue characters in the Monopoly world. And so we would do stuff like that. Um, I miss improv. I want to get back to, uh, I want to get back with a group, but, uh, yeah. So improv definitely also, I think improv just helps everybody, you know, um, it just helps the remove the inhibition of like forming a thought and then saying it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think on a, there was a huge difference in my crowd work before doing improv post uh, improv in terms Mm -hmm. of dealing with hecklers, being able to uh, kind of, as they say, write while on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think if you're uh, trying to, uh, if you're going into doing uh, standup, it's well worth uh, to get into uh, improv Mm -hmm. uh, because they kind of, they do go hand in hand, but improv does get, (laughs) does get uh, uh, shit on, but it's as it should, you know, it's not perfect at all. Um, but yeah, and then, so that's, yeah, that's it. So I, I, I used to do improv. I would love to do it again. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that, that answers that. Awesome. So what inspires your material when it comes to stand up? Yeah, I just, uh, I kind of just things that don't make sense to me. Um, I, that, or, uh, make me upset. They're just like short circuit my brain. I kind of just try to analyze those, uh, through, through jokes. I like what Chris Rock said about how he's just kind of a funny lawyer, mm-hmm. you know, and you can see that in his standup where he's just kind of arguing points. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just, uh, like, um, like the way white people are, what white people are naming their kids nowadays is just really like bothers me. a lot of just terrible terrible choices like uh there was another there was one that was uh, a a b c d e mm-hmm. i was with the southwest woman just like stuff like that is just and then she was surprised that that got mocked by the by the southwest employee just like your kid's name is the first five letters of the alphabet that's that's not and that's also not an uncommon name either it's wild um and then like there's another uh, a white mom and a white dad named their kid blade Blade that l- looks like how they look and is named Blade. Like, uh, is your name Blake? No, much worse. Like, it's just it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. There's there's an epidemic of white names that I go into uh, in my uh, in my standup. But uh, yeah, so that's something that really that really bothers me. Uh, lately, something uh, that I've been focusing on a lot is kind of George Carlin-y like um, sayings that we have and uh, like. Uh, my life took a wrong turn. Um, I think we overuse that one, you know, like my taking a wrong turn, maybe on the East coast, that's worse. Taking a wrong turn is worse (laughs) over here. Uh, taking a wrong turn is not that bad. You know, you just kind of Apple just recorrects you. It's not that bad. It's like people usually use that when it's reserved for like something that's really bad. Like he started taking improv classes or something. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, 
yeah, but they, we should, we should change, uh, we should change, it should be just like, oh, that he really ran over a kid while texting, like, that would be, that, that would be a better one, you know what I mean, but, uh, yeah, so it's just stuff that, stuff that I see that doesn't make sense to me, the way I process it is just through, uh, stand-up first, and then everything else afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that makes sense. So, do you think there's a difference between who you are, who you are like on stage versus who you are off stage? Yes, yes, I believe that I believe so because uh, I have uh, I have anxiety, but when I'm on stage, that's the only time I really like don't uh, have anxiety at all because that's uh, you know it's not what I'm focusing on. Even though if you've ever seen me on stage, that looks like the furthest thing from the truth. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, you know, I get nervous before I get on stage, but while I'm on stage, I'm kind of not really focusing on any of that. Um, and then uh, if I do well on stage, there's kind of like a moment after, like a few minutes after to where I'm not anxious at all. And then, you know, that runs out and then I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I have to go the to high, the high feeling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, the biggest difference between me on and off stage would probably be um, I'm not anxious while I'm on stage. And also I have more of a, uh, I've developed less of like a quick, uh, I kind of talk very quickly normally. Um, so I kind of, uh, have learned that it's better to slow down my pace while I'm on stage mm-hmm, or people mm-hmm. just kind of miss stuff or, you know, um, yeah. and I think that's just a general, uh, performance thing rather than just a difference between who I am on and off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause I, when I first started, I just, I was so worried about forgetting something that I would just like <laughs> auctioneer through it, you know what yeah. I mean? I definitely yeah. relate to that. Um, so you, as you mentioned, you said you are based in San Francisco, which is awesome. I love the scene there. I love the vibe there. What do you think is the comedy scene like? And what do you think needs to be improved? Oh, wow. Um, how long do you got? Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the comedy scene out here in California in general is really, uh, the, the crazy thing is how different the LA scene is to the San Francisco scene. Mm-hmm. I've been in both, um, yeah. And uh, the San Francisco comedy scene is very, uh, it's, it's fairly large, I would say, but it's very close knit at the same time. Um, there's definitely these uh, groups that all kind of hang out and book each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's for better or for worse. You know, if you're, if you're in this kind of circle, you get booked a lot. If you're over here, uh, you might not get booked over here. And kind of, it's uh, a little clicky sometimes, uh, or it has been. Um, but uh, yeah, the and the LA scene, the LA scene is just kind of like the Wild West. It's just uh, whatever, whatever you can grab onto. If you if you look at the two comedy pages, right, the two comedy Facebook pages are just so different. Like the Bay Area is, is like moderated, and then the LA one is just crazy. Just uh, the yeah, no no system of control over there. But the Bay Area scene is really. Um, uh, I think there's a lot of value in uh, we really kind of push each other over here and mm. uh, there is kind of a, a, a higher, um, for lack of a better term, like PC level of the mm. audience over here. So I think you you kind of, if you do have a joke about those certain subjects, it has to be a lot better than, uh, than everywhere else because it might not go that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, over here just because of the how inclusive everything is um so you really have to be uh not really I guess you do always have to be careful about what you say on stage but um you re- it has to the joke has to be a lot more fine-tuned uh over here so it kind of is 
a good place to start in that way um, because uh, it's a kind of, I, I wouldn't say it's a tougher audience over here, uh, but in certain aspects, you just have to have um, your, uh, the, your writing at a certain level because because uh, if you I, I've, I've performed at a few gay bars and they'll just like if you start a setup they're just already gone <laughs> you know they're just already they don't, they're like okay I know exactly where this joke is going and let me just tune out and then, you know move over here so uh, it is a good uh, a good place to start because it makes you it does make you better over here mm -hmm. and I assume you know uh, on the east coast do they have uh, the um, do they have kind of is it kind of tough over there in terms of you guys have, uh, I'm sure there's more competition over there rather than over here. It's kind of, we're all in a community rather than a competition as well. Right. I think definitely in New York, there's definitely a competition. I'm I'm in DC. So I think DC is a very much like close knit community kind of vibe. Gotcha. So like everyone either knows each other, they'll book each other, et cetera. But everyone's very welcome into like adding new people into the scene. Like when I joined, it was very much like, I don't know anyone, let me make some friends first. And those friends, you know, introduced me to more friends and that became like, oh, I'm going to book that person because that person knows that person. It right. Okay. The whole thing because it's crazy the amount of group chats they're in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's, well, that's good. That's good because it can really be, uh, it really, com the whole comedy community in general is just kind of a, a, a weird kind of balance between, you know, you're my friend, but also we're competing and, you right. know, it, uh, right. the, exactly. you know, all finding that, finding that balance sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and something that I would recommend to a lot of people starting out is kind of to lose the, the, the ego of like, oh, this person just had something good happen to their career, stop looking at, I used to look at it as like, oh, I'm not doing that instead of, oh, good for them. You know, mm -hmm. and you should, it should always be good for them. And I think our group chat is a good, uh, good place, place for that, yeah. Like, you know, someone goes viral, we're like, congratulations. Like another person goes viral, like also congratulations. No one's just like, what about me? You know, like, no, yeah. Uh, I mean, I Iris goes viral like every other day, so. I know, but, I know, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of going viral on Twitter, what's also, what's it like going viral on Twitter and TikTok? How, what is that, you know, what inspires your content for that? And like, what is it, how do you feel? It, it was a really good feeling, uh, but I, I, if I, you know, and you, I think you've had a few things uh, do really well also. I've had uh, things do well, but I haven't gotten viral, riled where you and Iris and everyone else has. Oh, okay. Well. Um, but uh, and that's what I said to uh, the other person in the chat because they were like uh, oh I only got 200k and I'm like well stop do not put the word only in front of 200k you know I don't want that's a, I don't want you know whatever success I have to make someone else feel like oh they didn't get the same mm -hmm. level you know that's that's not what I'm uh, that's not what the goal is um, but uh, it, yeah it was it was really cool to get the notification on Twitter that says you're getting a lot of notifications. Do you want to filter these? <laughs> um, that was a very special moment because I wow. like, screenshotted. Um, and so that was a very special moment where I was like, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was the, the one that I had was particularly crazy in the terms of the conversation it kind of sparked. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, for those of you that are watching and you don't know, um, uh, mine was about how women's fashion, uh, do, they don't really have pockets. 
uh, a lot of the times in women's fashion. And I, I've grown up knowing that for a very long time. Um, and not, not, to, not to brag, I just knew that for a while. I thought that was kind of more common knowledge than it was when it started right. to blow up, where you had a bunch of men just going, why don't you just buy pockets? <laughs> it's like, well, they don't yeah, sell individual pockets, you know? And then it sparked the whole thing about like, yeah, it just, the, what was really cool about it was the conversation that it happened after. And then people were, you know, posting their TikToks they had made about it. And mm -hmm. there was uh, the, the, there was a whole few, uh, few days, three to four days of like a pocket discourse <laughs> that I, wow. that um, and then, uh, yeah, so then, and I still, I'm still getting notifications on it, which is, which is wild. So that's, that's crazy. Weird thing. I'll tweet something and then I'll look and it's like, oh, 18 notifications, but none of them were for that. That totally <laughs> flopped, <laughs> you know, the, that tweet totally flopped, but now I'm back to, um, back to tweeting for every, you know, three likes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so it was a wild, it was a wild time because three days before, three days before I had tweeted some joke about how I, I don't have a viral tweet, but I do have the sadness from not having a viral tweet. <laughs> uh, so I, I did manifest. Um, you put it out there. That's a matters, dude. Yeah. And then this weird thing happened where the day before I lost all my drafts. There's some oh, weird no. coincidence. So that my, my girlfriend was like, did they did they just make one of your tweets go viral as like a consolation prize? <laughs> or like deleting all of your drafts? And I was like, I don't care if they did or not, you know, I will uh, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, and then the the TikTok stuff has been uh, has been fun too. I just uh, if you have if you're ever bored, look at the comments I get on my TikToks. They are wild. Um, the because I do a lot of roasting myself. Mm -hmm. uh through my tiktoks and people have seen that as an opportunity to go oh no you don't look like that guy you look like this <laughs> and they, which it opened the floodgates for a lot more of uh a lot more like torment for me <laughs> where it's uh, that i didn't expect and luckily i can handle it be uh but uh yeah, it's where it's just like, oh, I look like Paul Giamatti. And then someone will comment, no, you look like this, like, horrible thing. <laughs> you, know? like, you look like you do this. And then that gets like a, a 1,000 likes on that comment. And then, um, but uh, yeah, so the, the TikToks, but in, in general, it's, you know, it's all so random. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I saw that photo of Dakota Johnson holding all that stuff. I really didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, just tweeted a joke like you tweet any other joke. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, somehow, somehow it got, you know, traction. And I think it's just because it's the, relatable. Uh, the, it's relatable to the, all the, the women that saw it and then all of the, uh, all of the men that saw it um, and that didn't know, uh, they interacted with it because they thought they were right about something, you know. So I think it had a perfect balance of uh, starting arguments and, uh, and actually being relatable. So uh, my advice to anyone trying to go viral, uh, start an argument um, in the comments and that will push your stuff further. Um, valid, valid advice, yeah. I think that actually works on TikTok because every comment pushes your thing further. So if you can actually uh, make people upset enough to, that's why people sometimes do TikToks wrong on purpose, just so mm -hmm. that people will sound off in the comments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense, so, yeah. Um, so but yeah, it was very validated. Like the, the whole, all of the, uh, 
you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but all of the social media kind of uh, engagement just is uh, very validating in a time where we're not getting, you know, the stage time and the, the laughs in the room. You know, that's the, mm-hmm. the kind of, it really doesn't replace it, but, you know, it mm-hmm. does help. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what are your hopes and dreams for comedy? Where do you hope to go now that you've gone viral, now that you are kind of making it big out there in the comedy world? Well, I think someone, someone in the group chat was like, because uh, uh, I had the sadness one and then t- they were like, well, you do, do you still have the sadness? And I'm like, yeah, I do. It's just about, can I do this again? <laughs> you know, and then. Uh, it's really a numbers game. Yeah, it's really a numbers game, but also the, the numbers kind of get to you because uh, I used to think 10 likes on a tweet was good. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get desensitized to that. And then you're like, oh, 30 likes on a tweet. And you're like, okay, that was a good one. But then you get 720K. And now it seems like none of my tweets are good, even if they get, you know, like in the 20s or 30s of favorites, even though that's not too bad. You know, mm-hmm. so you, kinda, you the numbers game really kind of uh, sways you mm-hmm. um, or makes you think that something wasn't as good just because it didn't do this. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, or like, you know, I've seen this happen with people doing Zoom shows where they're like, oh, the, we did a Zoom show, there was only 25 people in there. And I'm like, well, if you take that into a venue, that's like a good, like medium to small sized venue, right. that's 25 people all laughing at the same time in a small venue, you would say that was a really good show, you know? And so you have to, uh, you can't really, uh, blame yourself or try to get down on yourself just because of numbers are just all so weird um well thank you so much for doing this anthony it was so nice oh, to meet no, you on you. twitter um this is so much fun having a conversation with you yeah thank you so much um i would love to do comedy bonfire sometime if you yeah need, definitely uh, man you need a, a disappointing headliner that's, that's, <laughs> that's my brand <laughs> i'll add you to my list all right thank you so much thank you